Welcome to The Corner, the celebration and conversation of everything creative. It's a soapbox, it's an intersection, it's a gathering place. Here we go. What's up, everybody? You are on the corner. Welcome, if you're new especially. But this is Matt, a.k.a. M, the Glad Woodrow, and you're in for a fun episode here. Uh, this episode here is with my dear friend, my longtime friend. I think we figured out uh, a long time, yeah. Uh, most of our lives, it seems. Um, we met back in the day. Um, so, yeah, let's just say that. But this is comic, filmmaker, and musician from the state of Vermont, G.W. Foley. Um, yeah, what can I tell you about G.W.? Like I said, he's a comic, um, funny, funny dude. He's a filmmaker because he likes to write and direct his own movies. Um, very cool movies. Check those out. He'll tell you how to find those in the episodes. So keep listening. Um, or just look at the, the, the description I, I put on there. I'll put that in there for you. Or anyway. Um, and he is also... Um, a photographer and the founding member of the Vermont Comedy Outlaws. That's a group of very funny individuals from the Green Mountain State. All right. So, and I think he wanted me to say this, or I think he challenged me to say this, but I said it not only in the written description of this episode, but also in, I'm going to say it right now, in this spoken introduction. So, in his little spare time that he has, uh, he can often be found uh, scouring the cheese aisle in the supermarkets, or letting and or letting his dog Murphy suckle on his fingers. Um, challenge accepted, J Dubs. Um, I said it because I think you wanted me to. So anyway, like I said, the corner. This new episode here, featuring my dear friend G W Foley. Great conversation. Um, as always, you're gonna catch that mix of professionalism, quote unquote, and uh, the shooting the shit, because uh, that's how I do, and that's how I love doing it. I love having my friends along for the ride. Uh, old and new. So yes, welcome back to the corner for your, for all the regulars and welcome to the corner for the newbies. And big shout out to my dude GW Foley for coming on and doing this episode with me. Enjoy. Hello, how's it going, Mr. Hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, How do I sound? You sound great. Okay, can you hear the fan in the background? Uh, I, I, I can't. I, I can't okay. at all. Sweet. All right. Am I coming through pretty good, too? Yeah, you sound great. 
Oh, awesome. I'm not going to hear that much, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, uh, so welcome GW Foley to the corner. Thank yeah. you for having long, me. You're very welcome. Yeah. Long time coming. And, uh, here we are. And, uh, yeah, I was, I've been on your show even. So, or, uh, or at least, uh, the show you co-host with, with Mr. Hickory. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my shows are done. I've, uh, decided to give up the podcasting life if i said that now there's a few people that would be mad at me then there's some people that would probably rejoice be like oh good that, that guy's gone yeah. <laughs> so. yeah i i'm sure there's probably like three or four people that are pissed but everyone else didn't pay attention anyways so yeah, i was i was enjoying it while it lasted you know so too. yeah and, uh, yeah so i was i was one of you fans so <laughs> so I appreciate it. Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's a Sunday evening. Uh, I mean, we're not going to be on live, obviously. This will be this will be aired, if you will. I'm putting air quotes up right now, even though 100% audio. So sorry for those folks who have no imagination. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm with my longtime friend, G.W. Foley. Uh, is is it off limits to talk about the, the how I met? you and you you and i met each other with different names yeah we did uh no that's fine like that that's still part of my life um and i mean we can even get into why the name change and all that stuff like i I, dude i'm an open book all right (laughs) sweet i'm i'm you call me a librarian (laughs) keep digging through uh, those records yeah so it's uh so First and foremost, you you're uh, I'm I'm not sure how to bill, bill you here because like I have your Facebook page up, but I'm not sure how up to date you're keeping your your bio on there. But I'm just going to call you a comedian. I'm going by your words here. Yeah, uh, com- a comedian, which I know that for sure. Musician, personality, yeah. which absolutely true. Yeah, uh, lover of cheese, which is a, another reason why we'll get along just fine. Um, actor, sex symbol, which I could have told you that um, a long time ago. Yeah, but, and then. Uh, counterculturists, uh, and I, I dig that. I don't know what that means, but we'll get into it. And then a maker of lists about, but it, it cuts off from there. I think I don't know how to get that. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember what I put for a bio. Maybe <laughs> uh, you were just maker of lists. Sounds pretty. Yeah, efficient. I, I think that's probably what I did. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. All right. This is. Uh, now I need to figure that out. I yeah. I also have my phone number on here for some ungodly reason. I have and mine on my my professional Facebook page too, like my whole Matthew Wood poet thing. I have my phone number on there. I'm like, is that a good idea? I mean, no one's called me yet. But like, and plus I'm I said I'm available for booking, and also nobody has called me yet. So, <laughs> so I guess it's a good idea because nobody wants to talk to me apparently. So, at least that way. Were you reading my uh, Instagram one? Um, or... your, your Facebook one. I should have pulled pulled up your fa- Instagram. Oh That's no, because you're because you're much more active there. Yeah, so. uh, I don't even have like the countercultures on there. Well, that oh man, uh, I mean that that's a pretty dope title though. Yeah, like, I I it sounds like something I would write. Um, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, knowing you for I mean, like twenty something years, yeah, I think that would be something you would write. Yeah, yeah. 
So. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, wow. I, uh, I, I, I mean, those were all very like apt titles for me, um, and, and uh, I don't even know where they came from. That's amazing. <laughs> That's... Oh, there we go. I mean, it, yeah, it, it could be anything, you know. So let's let's try to unravel the mysteries of the counterculturist and yeah. uh, the maker of lists about whatever. And uh, the re- the rest of it makes perfect sense, though, especially sex yeah. symbol. Yeah, uh, but that definitely makes sense, and and comedian because you do make me laugh. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, and I mean uh, professionally, you are also a comedian. So yeah. there's that too. Uh, so if, yeah, for the listeners out there, this is GW Foley. I'm talking to longtime friend, first time to the corner, and uh, all around good guy. And I get a. I don't want to tell everybody how um, what year we met, but I'm pretty sure it was. Actually, I do. Maybe I will say ninety. No, was it ninety eight? Yeah, summer, uh, summer ninety eight, I believe. Oh man, because that, that was, was right before my senior year. Yeah, and I was like just. They, they let me be in charge <laughs> of kids, which is bizarre, you know. You, you know, I so I'm in a trio program now. And uh, it, it's it's funny when I look at the Upward Bound kids and like people who are in college. And I was like, you're just a baby yourself. What are you doing with these high school kids? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, you don't know anything. Right. Yeah. Cause like at the year, you're going right into, you're going into your senior year of high school and I was just barely 21. Yeah. So, so yeah, like that was, I mean, it, what did I know about life at 21? I can tell you two things, Jack and shit. Yes. Um, so, so that, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what are they doing? With I mean, the program is a beautiful program. Though. Oh um, yeah. But... I, I have so many pause, like uh, my love of movies came from upward bound. Um, uh, like listening to other types of music other than what I was listening to um that influenced me greatly um man yeah had a first crush (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, those programs man they uh they help out and they they definitely made me mature i mean that's i would say the same for myself too because like before you met me as like an older kid they 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 trusted with younger kids um I, I was also a, a student there too prior to me coming on in ninety in ninety eight as staff and yeah so it's so like I I was there for three years as a student and I, I enjoyed every bit of it I wouldn't be who I am without that program yeah uh, um, the, oh no sorry go ahead but that's to say for for the listeners out there that's the upper bound program of part of the trio programs so. Yeah, national program. Uh, so yeah, look it up if you want your kids to have an amazing summer. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, and, and they support uh, first gen students, uh, first generational college students, um, and uh, yeah, like it, if they weren't a government program, I would be doing so much fundraising for them. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same here. Man, I, like I said, I wouldn't be anywhere near who I am without him. So, yeah, uh, that's awesome. And we got to act together in that that program too. 
We did. Uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes. Yes. We were, I played the wall. Yes, and that was some some one of the one of the clowns in that that the whole situation, which made sense to to make us, yeah, act, act the fools. Yes, and I I don't I I felt like I was typecast because I mean I'm a big guy now, but when uh, during that time in high school I I was pushing like 480. So like I I was a wall, <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, I had to yeah I had to peek through the crick in the wall that was your hand doing the like the almost like the oh yeah thing. yeah so, yeah and... that's right uh yeah I I was gonna like name blast people but I'm not going to because <laughs> I don't uh but yeah I uh I remember who's on the other side of the wall as well um. And just the awkwardness of like <laughs> being right. there. Uh, yeah, I remember the stage direction was vividly look uncomfortable. Right. I got that. No All problem. Right. I mean, yeah. awkward, awkward teenager looking uncomfortable. I think. I think I. I think you were being type typecast then too. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so. <laughs> right. Definitely. And and, uh, and I'm supposed to be like someone somewhat knowledgeable i mean i was not teaching said said course and not leading said play but i was supposed to be somewhat knowledgeable in the field of shakespeare and and yet they got me playing one of the clown roles and i'm like okay i feel like i'm being typecast now too and i know i'm a jackass but come on guys <laughs> and, but, but it's a but, but it was a fond memory nonetheless yeah <laughs> so, well and that was the same summer that I did drag. Oh yeah, I got remember the that Spice too. Girls thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, was was that the same year I did the Full Monty? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I think that was the year before. Okay, so that would have been a hell of a summer if yeah. I had done the Full Monty that year, that year too. I mean, <laughs> that's wow. That would have been the, yeah, the epically. Um, I am epically shameless, so at, at times, anyway. But uh, I can be. Yeah. I, I'm cautiously shameless. I can it, say that, that now I'm very much cautiously shameless. But I, <laughs> I'll do anything for a joke. So if that <laughs> that's that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, that, and it works works out because you are you are a comedian these days so yeah uh, so let's let's circle back if if you if you will if you will indulge me with that let's circle back into names and name changes and yeah uh, so 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 i mean you you go by in your real life like off stage if you will uh by the name i remembered you as right yes okay because i'm just like nobody calls me m de glad woodrow off of essentially off of here or um or twitter or and and you know on on drunken under quarantine I go by Endeglad Woodrow there. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure exactly how that caught on since Kyle met me as Matt. You met me as Matt, and then both of us joking saying like I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be called here because I've got three names. <laughs> yeah. I, had a, I had a different last name when we when we, you and I met because I, yeah. I, uh, long story short changed my my last name because like my the giver of my original last name was no longer a part of my life. So I figured honor the dude that was. So I took his last name and then uh, 
And then M. Glad Woodrow was just some some fucking around watching Darny Darko and a friend of mine gave me that name as a, a funny nickname because we were going to start the Upper Valley version of Sparkle Motion. Okay. So, which, which if you've seen that movie, it was a bunch of like preteen girls dancing to Notorious by Duran Duran. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how that would have worked out for us being in Le- Leotards. It would not have looked good at all, but I've done the full Monty as I've just, just yeah. disclosed earlier a few minutes ago. So it would have worked for me, I guess. But thankfully, Absolutely. it never came to that for everybody else. But. Yeah. <laughs> so I it's mean, good. It, yeah. it, it's kind of one of those things where uh, you never know until you try it. It, it might take. Yeah. I so. mean, I, I have to get a hold of him as there's only two of us left of the. Because there's going to be four of us in Sparkle Motion. Uh, we have to get a hold of them and see if we can get, get the band back together. But <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so we digressed. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. yeah but don't, that, don't let me do that too much because that's very easy. I'm, I've, I've got squirrel brain. So back to you because you are my illustrious guest. <laughs> uh, so let's go through, I guess, let's go through your government name and then let's go through yeah. your stage name. And let's, 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 let's talk about the origin story. So I do yeah. like an origin story. Uh, so the government name is William Smith, or or William R. Smith the third. Oh, um, the third. I am, uh, which leads into a lot of <laughs> annoyance. <laughs> like I, 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 part of the reason why I changed my or went to the stage name that I did was because I hate my name. Um, there's nothing like. Uh, my father was an asshole growing up um, and, and complete piece of shit. And I'm named after him. <laughs> and it's right. like the, there was so much that uh, like growing up in the area that I grew up in, like it, it, it's rural. Like it was a town, but it, it's still it's Vermont. It's rural. Like words spread easily. And if your kin does something, the rest of the town knows. Uh, and my dad was a dick. And so everything that went on with him got placed onto me. And people assumed that I was a dick because of him. Um, so that's why it's hard. Like uh, when like people use my government name um, to be like, Oh yeah, that, that, yeah okay <laughs> moment where is it like you know where it, it's like i don't want to be referenced by that um, yeah. uh so that and part of that is why i stopped going by bill and i i went for william for the longest time that's how i introduced myself to people now is by saying hi i'm william um because that's it, it's hard to when people shorten it to will because my last name is smith and everyone does the oh hey let's get jiggy with it jokes <laughs> and it's like bro since fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> i have heard some variation of that joke like i i i often say that like i will give someone a hundred dollars if they come up with an original one <laughs> like yeah and, and, I, I've heard them all. Like I did hear a, a six degrees of separation one once. I was like, that's pretty good. That was that was amazing. Because <laughs> that's a pretty obscure Will Smith movie. So yeah, yeah. At this point, I, I'll take that or a uh, Made in America, 
with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah I haven't even thought of that one since you, or until you, you just mentioned that. So, <laughs> congrats, good sir, on that. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can pull them deep. I can pull them deep. Yeah. Um, so, that that that's part of the reason why I have a stage name. And also, um, so the G in GW stands for George, uh, which I was a bouncer at a bar called Phineas T. Flubberbusters. I remember Flubberbusters. Oh, yeah. Because we went to college together, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was this bar that was like <clears throat> Vermont borders New Hampshire for I, I don't know the audience that you're uh, – around the country or world that they're knows. kind of all they're all over the place so it's yeah describe it because like that, okay. that, that. uh so where we went to college was probably 10 minutes from the border of new york state and in new york state the laws are you can be open till 4 a.m so one of the things that would happen is the college students would get drunk on campus until about like one or two, maybe go out to some of the bars there. And when those bars closed, they would drive over to Hampton and, and party for a couple more hours. And uh, total like hick meets college student meets uh, random people all the time. Just this mixing pot of like clicks and cultures and, and ethnicities and it, it was a cool place, except for when moments that like started boiling over. So there was a lot of fights. Um, <laughs> and like if, if you were a bouncer at this bar, you were respected in the area because they knew the shit that you had to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was there and we had it. Uh, my boss was named Bill also. So when they would shout for one of one of us, we'd both go running, which is not a good sign when you see like two six foot, three hundred pound dudes running in one direction. Like <laughs> <laughs> people turn heads and wonder what the going was on, and we'll flock towards that direction. So they're like, "All right, we need to come up with a nickname for you because this is too confusing." And um, my choices were George. Or roadkill. <laughs> and I was like, roadkill sounds kind of cool, but George is just weird enough. Like, where people won't get that it's a nickname. <laughs> uh, so, the town of Fairhaven and the surrounding area, people call me George, uh, which was fine with me. Um, and, of course, obviously, William because my given name and Foley is because of my brothers uh, who have a different father. So they have a different last name. Uh, I'm child free. So I don't have anything like to contribute to the world's future, uh, but they do. And I wanted something that like had their last name in it. Um, like a, a gift, like here I'm, I'm doing this in honor of you guys. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's where the name comes from. That oh, was long winded. That's, that's all right. Origin stories are, are what they are. That, yeah, I, I knew 
I mean, obviously, I knew that, like, because I know one of your brothers as well, because he yeah. also went to college with us. Um, so shout out to him. Is it okay to say his name? Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Todd. Yeah. Um, so I remember hanging out with him, radio station stuff, and and all sorts of stuff around campus. Uh, good dude. Uh, so I don't know if he listens to us, but listen, he might listen to me now because you're on here with me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he listens to me prior to now. But <laughs> I I don't know if he even listened to me. <laughs> like, we'll find out if the double shot of both of us clowns are on here at the same time. We'll do it for us. But absolutely. But, uh, but that's yeah. I I like the. I definitely like the the origin story as for whatever it is because like yeah and then do you cool ring to it too like I I must say like that that definitely has a, a comedian ring to it or like a an entertainer's ring to it all yeah. Um, yeah I I I get a lot of people asking if it's uh because I'm a wrestling fan and uh technically a pro wrestling ref uh, oh wow yeah that happened last weekend. yeah so so that's new that's new news right there so yeah that's that's pretty dope uh so i get a lot of mcfoley comments and it's funny because i have a tattoo of mcfoley's signature on my leg that's awesome Uh, yeah so if my brothers ever disown me i just say oh it's because of him (laughs) here we go it's always good to have a backup plan absolutely yeah and you want to know something else that that's a common ground between betwixt you and I is uh, my father's name is also uh, Will William or Bill, so my my biological father said that the, the guy last name, um, yeah. So yeah, his his so another another common ground between between yeah. us is that we both come from Williams that turned out to be dicks. So <laughs> I I have spent my life trying not to be a dick <laughs> like, I would, yeah i would say you're doing all right with that <laughs> i've done the same too so that's that's a pretty important common ground between you and i is that we're, we have spent the rest of our time including right now trying not to be a dick yeah uh, and i feel like a dick in those moments where i'm like i know i'm off too <laughs> so it's like oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i definitely hate those moments where you're sitting there and being like i was a complete dick right yeah and it just makes you spiral because it's like uh, that's not what I was intending. Like right. I find I find myself apologizing a lot more for things that I say, because um, like I'll I'll make a joke, and it'll it'll sound crass or like insulting to someone. I'm like that that's not what I mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize, like preemptively. Like someone's not even offended. Like I'm sorry. Like I I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely step in it that way myself too. And and uh, and being married, I, I would say like I have either inadvertently or sometimes what's the word vertently <laughs> <laughs> tested those grounds and those waters with my wife. And you know, then sometimes I I can be lucky and pull out the homer like, but you loved me, and yeah. and she and she'll laugh and be like, you're still an asshole. Um, but and then other times I'm you know not as lucky and uh, we have to talk it through because oops I I was knee deep in that at least so but, yeah. <laughs> I, I I will say I lucked out with uh, my wife um, and and for the like 
we're not legally married, but like, you know how like you can get married under God? Oh, we, yeah. We just kind of did one of those where where we didn't even have a priest. We just said, let's just say we're married. What are they going to do? Stop us? <laughs> like, Fair yeah. enough. Fair. So, so Fair. she's my wife. That's um, awesome. And, uh, but she gets me. So even when I have those moments where like I go a little too hard in the paint, <laughs> she'll, <laughs> she'll just look at me and be like, all right, when you went there, that's, that's fine. Right. Yeah. I've, yeah, definitely. We have so similar moments in this house where I'll go, I'll go off into some deep rabbit hole and she'll be like, all right, you know, well, here's the line to come back out. When, you, when you're ready to, to, to face reality, you, you know where to find me. Uh, it, it's all about the strong women that keep us down. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if not for her, I would um, probably be in jail. <laughs> not because I'm some sort of malicious, malicious bastard, but it's because I'm probably going to get into some sort of trouble that I would would have probably gotten into when I was 17 or 18 years old too. So, yeah. But, let's let's be fair. I'm in my 40s, going on 15. So, let's <laughs> right, so just have a few more it. words. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm the same way. I'm, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah, which is why we're going to get along. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's why why we've always have because like even when I was one of like a twenty one year old, I was still you know at heart at best at my absolute best I was maybe seventeen. So, what was the uh, the Henry Rollins quote? Uh, when I was twenty, I wanted to fuck things and break break shit and fuck things on the floor, and when I was thirty, I wanted to fuck shit break shit or. Uh, break shit and fuck on the floor and now that i'm 40 <laughs> i want to do the same thing or something like that yeah i think so i think it's something like that yeah Henry I, Rollins, I, man. yeah it, 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 if he wasn't such a downer i <laughs> like he just he has this intense like i love henry rollins like i i love black flag i love uh, rollins band i love his spoken stuff i I believe I have multiple copies of his books. Um, and I just, the intensity with everything. Like, I, I loved his comedy special, but like, I remember him doing this joke about like banging his dick in the toilet in Europe. <laughs> and just the way he was telling it, it was with such intensity. I was just like, bro, <laughs> you calm down yeah he's like, he's something yeah yeah uh, i i mean he's like what 60 now and he can probably still kick my ass oh yeah it, i mean he's he looks good for yeah what he is that's for sure yeah and he he did you ever see that like another digression but did you ever see that special that, i forgot what the show was called but rupaul hosted it and it, it was not, a not drag race show even though that show was fabulous in all sorts of ways, but like, um, but it was just basically like, so celebrity friends of RuPaul would get in his his Volvo, and they would go off and do stuff. Um, really? Yeah, and Henry Rollins, being Henry Rollins, took that so seriously that he like had a list of fucking church, like chores to do. Oh, sweet. So he has like, yeah, well, I got to go to the hardware store to get this type of nail, and I got to get this frame fixed. 
and I got to go pick up my laundry over here. And and RuPaul looks at him and is like, what? (laughs) 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 But that's kind of how they did the thing. It was hilarious because there's fucking Henry Rollins doing his daily shit. And RuPaul is like basically going around like interviewing him as this is all happening. And uh, it was just... I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. that's uh that's amazing yeah it's it was it was fantastic it was so so good because it was like i never even realized those two were friends until i saw him doing a spoken word thing he talked about that so yeah. i had to go I had to go back on the on the inter the interwebs and look that up and it's it's fucking awesome uh, so by the way I, you can swear on the show I and mean, i'm sure you've heard that you can i but... yeah that's the only reason why i said the quote i would have uh probably censored myself or said look it up people <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad you got that memo. Then, so yeah, I I I remember from listening to uh, Hickory's that <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right, that's good to know. I yeah. I might let stuff slip. That's good. like it. It's weird that like I go from like the intellectual academic settings and then do things like that. And sometimes, like, the wires get crossed, and I forget, like, the setting that I'm in. <laughs> and yeah. so, like, the, the swearing, like, not caring part comes in sometimes. And I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't say that here. <laughs> That's- yeah, I definitely run into that because I'm working with kids again. So, like, I, and seventh oh, graders awesome. at that. So, like, it's like I, when some of those moments happen, I'm like, there's a whole lot of things I want to say right now. <laughs> and, I, and so I'm getting that I'm getting that filter that I never knew that I could have and I'm like because I mean if it was high schoolers that would be kind of okay at times yeah but then even then they're like <laughs> but I can't actually turn to a 13 year old or a 12 year old and be like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> I can't do that <laughs> so it's like uh, I even know like that's what's on every person's mind in a room when something happens and nobody knows why <laughs> so yes yeah, yeah. did you just um so yeah it's a yeah it's a yeah i'm, I'm glad everybody got the minimal that they can swear because uh I, I like it to be natural on the corner yeah i uh you know i i try not to swear too much uh i like to use it to emphasize point um but there there's so much out there that like I feel like people swear just to do it because they can. Right. It, it it's like having a fast car and like just driving fast all the time because you can and not in like certain select incident or incident yeah, incidences. Uh instance where you can um do it safely. Like there there's a responsibility that comes with swearing and uh I don't know. There was a digression there. <laughs> well, that's fine because, like, yeah, I think this all fits because I do have professional questions, but I think this all fits in the framing of that stuff because, like, I think that you you're absolutely right about swearing. Like, there is a responsibility, and it really, like, if if we if we, I'm gonna, I think I'm about to borrow what you were going off on there too. Is like there should be some sort of purpose for it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, yes, it is fun to say, but even fun doesn't get to be fun anymore if you do it too much so it's it's absolutely yeah i'm definitely not sparingly using those words but 
I'm definitely not using them so freely that they're in every sentence I say. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a, there is a balance to be struck. You know, I, you know, I don't know when I realized that, but, you know, but I'm glad well, I do. <laughs> so. Well, and you find that a lot with like new comics who uh, want to be edgy and say inappropriate things. It's like, you can do that. Like, like I, I'm not criticizing you saying edgy and like out there thing. It's every single time. Right. Like, make it impactful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sin. Like, uh, what was the uh, Fuji's line? The uh, and I'll add a motherfucker so the ignorant people can hear me or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot what the song was, but yeah, that's 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 the line. Yeah. Yeah. I said yeah, that those, the Fujis were brilliant for for that little flash of time they had. And... They're you know if they didn't all go batshit crazy, like right, I I uh, they they'd be unstoppable. Like yeah, well even like if, if you look at the time frame from when um, Killing Me Softly came out to like Shakira's My Hips Don't Lie or whatever song she did with Wyclef. Oh, yeah. um, that, like that time frame was amazing for Wyclef to come back. Like, <laughs> and, and like he was always around in the rap scene, but like for him to come back and have like another hit that late was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good to have a good, yeah, it's, it's a good way to, I don't know, just to show you the show the world you're still around too. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I do other things other than run for the president of Haiti. <laughs> I forgot about that actually. That's right, he did that. Uh, damn. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it was a prize as some sort of like FBI informant or something. Like I don't even know what the, I, I didn't even read into that. So he was he came up in the in the news and then and then Lauren Hill is, or Miss Lauren Hill is going to be Miss Lauren Hill. Yeah. Uh, better or worse, everything in between. And um, I'm not going to ever buy tickets to her show because I heard that she's that you have a 50 50 chance of actually seeing it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, she really, I mean, she really doesn't owe me anything, even if I do buy a ticket. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do it just. I. I appreciate her as an artist, but like <laughs> the some of the wackadoo, like I like wackadoo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love wackadoo, but sometimes, like I can't take wackadoo people seriously. <laughs> and, and Warren <laughs> Hill is just one. Like, it, like I get it. No one wants to pay their taxes. I understand that. I don't want to pay my taxes. <laughs> like. <laughs> I do it, but, like, and you should too. Like, right. Come on, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah, but... really <laughs> all right. Yeah, it's all the for all the things you could possibly go to jail for. That's that's uh, that, that is, I, I just don't even see that as a fun way to go to jail. Yeah. I, I, if I'm going to go to jail, it's going to be because I've, I've I've either fought for some sort of cause that actually I wholeheartedly believe in, and and that people are really going to benefit from if I succeed, or 
or I'm going to do something totally stupid that, that just gets me in the overnight take. And like, I don't know. I don't even know what those, those things would be, but like, I, I feel like there's, there's some, there's just, there's more fun to be had if you're going to go to jail for something. So, oh yeah. Like so make it memorable. Yeah. No one wants to be Wesley Snipes. No. <laughs> no, you don't want to be Wesley or any of that, you know, or even, I mean, like, well, he's doing all right now is Willie, Willie Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like there was no way to really keep Willie down, but uh, he, he, no, definitely not. Uh-huh. I, uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sell your shit, pay your taxes. <laughs> right. So, so some lessons tonight on the on the corner, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, and and uh, all the, the the all the people out there. There's lessons to learn, even in comedy. So, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Speaking of comedy, I told you I got some professional ass questions to ask you. Awesome. So, so that's where swearing works. I, I'm not going to point out how because I don't want the joke to go wrong. But when I said professional ass questions, let's let the audience figure that out. Um, but but yes, I got some professionality here. And I think I made up a word right there. Um, but we're talking about comedy. We're talking about like how you said something about new comics trying to be edgy. And, but I want to ask you, I'm going to go back as far as you can remember and why why is comedy something that you're like i want to do that um so when i was about seven i was my brother my older brother the one that you don't know uh brought home a tape of eddie murphy delirious awesome and he played it and it blew my world uh the like, like, at, like he was saying stuff that a seven-year-old shouldn't hear. Like uh, the whole bit about the honeymooners. Like that was like my first introduction to gay people. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> was Eddie Murphy? And, and like, so that that was a big learning curve. Once once I was like, oh, they're you're actually people. Uh, that's amazing. Um, but that that was like the start of it. And that was like where I was like, people like when they, when you can make them laugh. Um, and that was also like a lot with my father being a dick. Uh, that was like how I tried to get out of uh, being bullied by him was to, to joke about it. And, and that carried through, to my social skills as a child. Um, so like I've, I've spent a good portion of my life trying to make people laugh um, successfully or not. That that's not for me to say, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I guess if the records speak for themselves, like a lot of people don't find me funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just adds more to the uh, bullying. Uh, when they when people don't understand your joke uh so be careful kids (laughs) (laughs) um so that that was really the start of it and then uh not knowing where to place that or or like understanding that stand-up is a thing um i got into acting um when i when i i was young and that kind of took the place of it for a while. Um, and then 
fast forward 30 years, uh, I was sitting in an office job and hating life, like just fucking awful. Can't, couldn't stand it. Um, and uh, my friend suggested I listen to podcasts while I'm working and gave me a couple and they were comedian based podcasts as most of them are nowadays. Um, and they were talking about like getting started and doing all this stuff. And that, that was where it really clicked. And I was like, I can do this. Like I can take these skills that I have already and put them towards the stage. Um, so I just kind of went out and found an open mic and just started going and writing. And uh, that's how that kind of took off. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. It's like, uh, what, what were the, uh, so the follow-up question is, what were the podcasts that, that you? Um, uh, there, there was quite a few. Uh, Joe Rogan was one of them. Um, and for everyone who goes, oh, Joe Rogan's a, a, a wackadoo. Yeah, he is. But he does have knowledge in the comedy world. So and, he started that way, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was a comic and he has a comic friends. And so it, it, when you're driving somewhere listening to two comics talk and talking about starting out, regardless of who it is it's good information to hear um like it's like if uh you're you are privy to uh conversations of musicians talking about their craft or or actors or film directors or like anyone in the arts who who knows and and put in the years to do this stuff uh any conversation with them like you don't have to like agree with all of everything that they're saying but hearing them out because they have these years of experience uh but and and then going to other people um so there uh that was one of them and and i will defend joe rogan on that spot like other stuff that he says like yeah like horse pills i don't I don't get it. I, I stopped listening. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. There were so many. Like, I just, uh, Duncan Trussell had a podcast uh, that I listened to. Um, uh, the Death Squad people. Um, it, like, that whole group really uh, took off and, like, talked a lot about comedy so yeah Yeah, so i I like what you said too about like like talking like hearing people talk about the craft and and like getting started the in the behind the scenes stuff that you don't necessarily get when you go to a show or or even if you like you watch a video or any of those those types of things that you think there is important stuff to learn i mean there is like a lot to learn because i listen to when it comes to podcasting, even I listen to a lot of podcasts to figure out, okay, how are they doing it? What makes sense? I asked a lot of people questions and, you know, I feel like I got a few people <laughs> irritated because I kept asking, like, so you're doing this podcast, like, what do you do yeah. about this or this? And, but, you know, they still talk to me and, you know, hearing people talking about 
what it is they do. If it is something you want to do, can't I can't see how that's not valuable. Yeah. You know, it's that's just yeah, that's it's important to know. So yeah. It, and it's like that with anything. Like just ask questions. Let's let information is free, but you have to work for it. Um like not everyone is gonna be open to answering questions. I get that. But if you if you ask enough people, sooner or later you'll ask the right people. Absolutely. Because uh, like I feel like yeah, even when it comes down to like getting people to come on to this thing, I mean, I've probably asked. I mean, there's some things that are just still out in the ether, but I probably asked close to 100 people to come on. Thus far, I've had about 30 people say, "Yeah, yeah let's do that." You know, I mean, that that feels like a pretty good batting average. I mean, because I just keep asking. And that's yeah. what you yeah. and I think that's the philosophy everybody should take for damn near anything, really. I don't know, like keep asking questions. Life gets boring if you don't keep learning something. So yeah. it's that's well, uh, and if you're young and hungry or middle aged and hungry, like if you want a change and you want a different life, you have to work for that. You have to do things and, and ask those questions and get rejected to, but you're doing that for a goal and, and that's part of achieving a goal. Right. Wow. A- I didn't know you were one of these podcasts where it's like, I'm going to give <laughs> inspirational <laughs> advice. I, I didn't know that I was either. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of happens that way. You know, that's, it's the magic of the corner my friend yeah like, like i i could be as deep as 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 the deepest ocean and i could be as shallow as the i don't know i'm not even sure who would be the shallow person shallow how i don't know like <laughs> i could be as shallow as the kiddie pool as well <laughs> uh but it depends on the mood you know yeah. tonight tonight we're going fucking full inspirational and let's uh let's keep the tony robin shit going <laughs> so but but yeah, I mean uh, that's the idea. Like I think you got some ideas there, and like that the the idea of you being a comedian has come. I'm smiling and laughing this whole time, which is perfect. I think that goes along with like how we, you you and I get along in the first place. But also like there were a lot of jokes shared all the way through the time we've known each other. So oh yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah. we're like as we did circle us back to the very beginning of this episode, you're listening to a couple clowns. Who who came together by circumstances, but also stayed stayed in touch because we know we we can you know we can get along when we are in the same space, even if it's digital. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know that reminds me of the uh, play for your senior semester. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, cracking me up because uh, I I can't remember the title of the play. But there was a scene where me and my scene partner had to do the entire scene in gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm reading this script going, what the hell did he get me into? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I can pull this off. (laughs) I believed in you. Uh, That's the that playwright is uh, David Ives. And I'm looking it up right now to see what play that was because that I for 
I would say most of my life starting at about age 17 has been obsessed with that fucking playwright. And because he's so ridiculously like, he's just ridiculous. Like, and as you found out, um, yeah. Uh, let's see if he's, if it, his Wikipedia page just pulled up and we're going to scroll through as we continue talking about him. But yeah, I think that, that, or, oh, it's the universal language, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's basically a love story. Um, it's got a, a narrator trying to get this, these two people together. You were the boy in the story. Yeah. And I can't remember who played the girl. Uh, her name was Tara. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was weird. Like, Tara and I, uh, we were in the same class, and uh, she was the much better actress or actor than I was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, she carried me a lot it, it, in class, it, in your production. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the weird thing, like, we are both redheaded, and like, there was a couple moments where I'm just like, you never see two redhead people get together, like, <laughs> ever. Like, everyone assumes your brother and sister. That is kind of true, yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's. Yeah, that's a okay. Maybe it wasn't this play, but like, because there's this one's about a con artist because it's Don and Don. Do you, does that sound familiar? That's the no. if I, oh man, that doesn't, yeah, because I know I've read that all of these guys, this guy's plays for a short period of time. I learned was, or that like most of my life, I should say, it's been, I've been reading so much of his stuff that it's been ridiculous. That, or is it words, words, words? Um, uh, possibly. I, I I'm trying to recount something that there was multiple flows ahead between then and now. And <laughs> <laughs> that that play was okay. This has got the all of America. I got them all up here. Uh, uh, it's a yeah. I can't can't even see. Oh, English made simple. There we go. Yeah, that's there it is. There it is. A young man and a young woman meet at a party, and their immediate romantic romantic attraction is presented via loudspeaker by a comedically unromantic grammar lesson, while they struggle to free themselves from the banal constrictions of party talk. That's it, right there. English made simple. Yeah, like that. I remember, like, we were joking about the fact that you guys were both redheaded. Now that I remember that too, like during. Kept coming up to the production times that too, so it's like it's. And thank you yeah. again. Thank you very much again for being a part of my my senior project for that too. So. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, I, I I always live in the philosophy of. Gotta do crazy shit. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like sometimes, these opportunities present themselves, and, and you just have to take them. Like. Well, and that was with the pro wrestling thing uh, that I did uh, last weekend. <laughs> was, yeah, I was gonna. Come, I was gonna circle back to that. What brought that up? Uh, How did that come about? My so one of my comic friends is also a pro wrestler, and the he was going to a show, and he was he texted me out of the blue, going, "Hey." you want to be a pro wrestling ref for a night and like i had to think about it for like 15 20 seconds before i said oh yeah i'm in <laughs> like, 
uh, and, and it was literally that simple. Um, normally, like you have to go through training, and like there, there's a lot to the art of wrestling, and, and it often gets overlooked in society because of the people that tend to watch it. You know, yokels. Okay. <clears throat> um, but there's a lot of nuance and and structure and like things. It it's like improv combat fighting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's things are like changing on the spot. You have to pay attention and yes and and like all of that stuff. And but he asked me and I was like, yeah, I don't know when I would ever get another chance to do something like that. So. I, yeah, I jumped on it in a heartbeat. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I could say I've never, I've never done anything quite like that. I, like I remember helping a buddy with some like pretty ragtag backyard wrestling stuff back in my probably early twenties. Again, see, yeah, not that mature back then, guys. <laughs> um, so, but thank you to the world of Upper Bound for trusting me with. Even younger kids. So <laughs> no one died. It's fine. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. But, but that's, that's pretty dope, though. Cause like I, I haven't watched any wrestling in a long, long time, but I'll, 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 and I know that I like old, old reels from, from back in the, you know, the day, I guess, if you will, you know, back in the, more of the time when I was watching. But, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I am a grown man, I I enjoy my TikTok through Instagram Reels. Yeah, uh, I I've graduated up to Instagram Reels because originally it was the Facebook one, and uh, and yeah, uh, my problem with Instagram Reels is like sometimes it, it it's like offensive to me, <laughs> where like, <laughs> but those are the ones I share. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's about what I do too. So it's yeah, like I, I, I don't do TikTok. I don't do any of the other ones. But Instagram Reels is where I'm staying. They got me. They yeah. that I'm zooked. Yeah, they've got me there too. That's um, I, I even send them to my teenage daughter, and I'm pretty sure she only watches maybe two percent of them. So because. <laughs> For one, like I feel like we get along quite well. Like she, she and I are tight. But I've also heard dad sending her reels of like borderline inappropriate humor, um, and and even if it's not inappropriate, she's probably looks at it like, if this isn't a cute cat, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> but that's the that's the thing there. So it's yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna circle us back for a sec too, if you, if you don't yeah. mind. Um, no, no. So, because you talked about delirious being like one of those like holy shit moments for for you. Were there under any other influences on on your decision to be in comedy and acting and all those things? Like any particular actors or comedians that are like they're like, yes, this this is this is some good good shit right here. Um. I found Kevin Smith at the right moment. Um, 
actor director Kevin Smith, the uh, clerk, small rats, that guy. Yeah. Um, and that was one of those ways of looking at comedy that I never really noticed. Like, uh, and so the film that I'm doing tomorrow actually is uh, very inspired by Clerks. Um, awesome. Yeah, where there's it, it's heavy dialogue based film um obviously it's a little different because i wrote it <laughs> <laughs> um but so that that was one way or one thing that affected my comedy um stand-ups there were so many like i dive into things a lot when 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 I really get into them, so I I will consume massive chunks of information. Uh, I do that like with with anything that I do. Like if 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 I like it, I'm learning about it. And 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 I I mean I guess most people are like that. But like I'm on the verge of obsessive when I do things. Uh, so. <laughs> You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I have never been a fence sitter with with stuff where like either I like it or I don't. Um, I I've started in my older years to appreciate things, but like so so if I like something, I'm I'm gonna like go full force. And, and there was some, like, uh, Richard Pryor was huge for me. Um, uh, Red Fox, uh, George Carlin, um, uh, Bill Cosby. Uh, like I, I can't deny what, like him him and uh i can't remember the special he did but the one with the chocolate cake bit oh yeah uh, chocolate cake for breakfast yeah uh like that whole i think it's himself um vaguely remember that uh but like that whole special i i was fixated on um it, it's so hard to to like really put a finger on like who who uh affected me uh because mtv at the time used to do uh half hour comedy shows oh yeah um so like margaret cho like people who, who were big in the mid 90s starting out were on there and um then also like you would have people who wouldn't make it uh on there and uh it so there were so many of them and, and that was before comedy central um but like you would get an hour and a half in the afternoons and and i would just sit there absorbing all these comics so nice yeah and it's like I, you mentioned some fun names too it's like i remember um one of the one of the fond memories I remember of, of my biological father is I found his his comedy tapes and Red Fox was in there and Richard Pryor as well 
And and I just he saw that I was I don't remember how old I was, young enough that I should not have been listening to these things. And so he said, like, listen, I'll let you put those in your tape player if you never repeat that you've heard those. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's half the fun. Yeah. So like I and at the time went to Catholic school, so I'm like, oh, you know. I will probably be in deep shit if I repeat this stuff anyway. At first, I'm like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. And then I heard Red Fox. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in detention doing all sorts of Hail Marys. If oh, I yeah. say any of this at school. And then, uh, yeah, the Richard, I put the Richard Pryor tape on, and I was like, this stuff's really funny. And I think I'm laughing mostly because I'm a 10-year-old way out of my element right now but but it stuck with me and i still think it's funny so it's because those guys are geniuses and then uh then you you mentioned george carlin too i know you you and i have talked about george carlin uh prior to the now too like and how just on the spot he was and almost everything he said yeah Uh, so it's like he's a great observer and did it in such a fun funny way like he made me feel like the end of the world was really something to laugh at. Yeah. Oh. Uh, did you ever listen to uh, Doug Stanhope? No. I'm uh, writing this down, though. Uh, he's uh, how to explain Doug Stanhope? He's one of those comics comic. Um, he's very. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? he's very vulgar. Like he does a joke where abortion is green is the punchline. Um, yeah. And and like really big into drugs and like total degenerate. Uh, but he's funny as shit (laughs) and like not everything is like, like he, I wouldn't even, show this stuff to my mama <laughs> like, and my mama's seen a lot uh, it, but i he's someone that has had a big influence on me and, and a lot of comics and, and he definitely doesn't get enough love uh he was actually on the man show when joe rogan took over oh okay yeah, uh, and they do a whole like he does a whole bit about um, doing DMT with Joe Rogan while they're writing the show. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like like that's that's the type of con- like uh, very gruff, very uh, uh, he he would be what I would consider bringing it back to this term counterculture culturalist like that idea of like going against the mainstream ideas um he he would personify that so nice i just yeah i just looked him up actually while we were speaking yeah and some of the same people that we talked about uh one of the same people george carlin comes up as an influence of his so yeah yeah yeah, so I'll, i'll definitely check him out i do you like laughing as we know and uh yeah, that's definitely yeah. definitely awesome man. Yeah. yeah uh the uh uh beer hall push is a good album um that that's probably one of his 
classic albums. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he just had a new special couple years ago. Well, I'm sure he's had stuff out since then. Um, uh, but yeah, phenomenal. And, and he's not like, I, I don't want to defend him as a person because he's kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> uh, like so so i've heard i i don't know personally i should say um but as an artist i i think it's worth a listen right. it's for his fans automatically suck like <laughs> like you sit there and you go like why are you laughing are you laughing at the right thing <laughs> like <laughs> are you laughing at the dirty words and what he's saying or the context behind it that that's the part of comedy. That's the part of art that pisses me off. Yeah, I can I hear that. Yeah, because there's there's, yeah. I mean, it's I mean it's a, when you not to to bring up like one of the biggest names in comedies, but I guess to bring him up, like it's the reason why Chappelle quit his own show. Yeah, he heard people laughing at the wrong parts of his jokes. And, yeah, and and I think I mean anybody who performs for a minute knows. I mean, if you're really paying attention to what the audience is doing, then you know, yeah, you, you might be hitting the wrong switches in the sense that, like, they're taking that joke or that line. or Because I used to write as write plays as well, and I know that some people took some of the lines quite a bit differently than I ever intended them. I'm like, I think you heard the wrong part of that sentence there. Yeah. Uh, and, I, yeah, so I hear, I hear what you're saying there. and Because... Like, because I feel like a joke, especially comedy, I feel like comedy can be really so divisive. But like I feel like a joke can be absolutely a commentary on on society, on on a particular issue. Um, but how a person laughs at said joke tells a lot about where they came from to hear the joke. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, and I'm not saying that everybody who laughs at a Doug Stanhope joke is a, you know laughing at the wrong part because i haven't heard his jokes yet but like i'm but you mentioned that there's a lot of people in comedy that they won't run that line and they know they do and that's fine but but the audience almost is looking for an excuse to think or feel or say what that comedian or what they think that comedian is saying i should say it's really not what the comedian is saying all the time but uh i would dare say most of the time it's interpretation of of the wrong the wrong part of the joke or emphasizing the wrong syllable. Yeah. If you will, yeah. So. Well, and I know I, it happens to me all the time because I'll talk about vulgar things. Um, like I, I have one joke where the punchline is my mom busting into my apartment and me masturbating with a, a St. Jude's commercial on the TV. Um, <laughs> But like, it, it's it, it's it's one of those things where like, I'll, I'll say things like that, but like, I try try to like present myself as vulnerable as possible, um, and and like a lot of my jokes are put are are the reactions to me being put into vulnerable situations, and how I react to those, um. And a lot of people, A, will get turned off because all they hear is the vulgarity and, and automatically shut me off. Uh, 
which is fine. I'm not for you. Um, <laughs> and, and then there's the people that kind of get it. And, and that's all that I can hope for. Hope for. And, and I like um, with the movie I'm directing, I, I wrote and like, I, I went and sought advice because like, there's a joke about my mom in there and, and that's crucial to the plot. And I was like, I don't want to be offensive to my mom, but I want this joke in here. And I was like, that is what I need notes on. And like, I took that very seriously because I didn't want my mom to be like the, the punchline, so to speak, or, or like to make her look bad in any ways, because she's not, she's a, fucking saint um but like there was still that like i wanted to show that vulnerability um to uh for the character to try to create that atmosphere so right i I mean that's i feel like i feel like that's the thing too is like i mean even comedy should be taken seriously (laughs) so it's like at least the writing of it and it's like and how you're going to to make it sound and look and that, that's pretty awesome which which also got me thinking about because like i know that you have mentioned you mentioned it a little earlier too and you're mentioning it now uh like the, the film that you're writing or that you're doing you wrote it and you're you're going to start tomorrow you said right yeah, uh, yeah so that so so what what is it i mean you mentioned kevin smith being a, a pretty pretty heavy influence in in your formidable formidable years here we go uh uh your I just I like saying formidable sometimes. <laughs> sometimes when I can pronounce it without stutters anyway. The <laughs> so, formidable snowman. Yes. Uh, so so yeah, film like what, what was it that brought you like thinking like oh, I, I want to do that too? Uh, film has it. There's a certain dirtiness with film, and because it it a lot of it is sleight of hand where you, you are as an audience member, you are only shown what the director wants you to see. So there's like any art form is about manipulating senses and, and feelings and emotions. And like with comedy, I'm trying to elicit a laugh response and, and like creating humor is the emotion that you're going for. Uh, I wanted to branch out. I wanted, and you can't do that on stage. Like you're there to tell dick and fart jokes <laughs> and, and anything else. Like if I have a bad day, I still have to be funny. Right. Where with film, if I have a bad day, I can write a script about my bad day and, and and talk about the emotions that way. Where like other art forms, that's hard to do. Like even with music, like you can perform a sad piece, but like I can't show you that I'm sad. Or 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 people will play it in an intellectual sense and miss 
the the feeling behind it where like if you watch a movie and the movie is sad at moments you feel sad right uh so i it gives me a wider palette to paint with than than everything else so that that's that's the the artsy version of why i do film um and and that's that's why i was originally going to college in the first place back in the 90s um <laughs> so <laughs> uh that that was uh i had to drop out um cuz i couldn't afford it back then um and uh that i i i fell in love with film then and but now as an older more mature person i i'm in love with film i I love the creative release that I get from it. Um, so that's why I do it. And it. It's it's part of that maturing process that we go through as humans, where we find things that we, we used to love back in the day and go, you know what? I missed that. I, I want that back. So. Very cool. Yeah. You bring up some really great points about film, about being like that is a sleight of hand thing. Because, yeah, I mean, the director really only wants to show what the director wants to show. And, uh, uh, but, uh, but do you find too that you can also, like, when, as you write, when you, as you write the film, like, you, I mean, did you have a certain leaning? Like, because you said there was, a, there was a joke about your mom and one of them, and then, uh, uh, but is, is there is there a certain leaning towards like the more comedic stuff, or is it just where where it fits, or or some where, sort of combination? Or I hate the term dramedy. Uh, somewhere in like the mid two thousands, that came up, and shows like Nurse Jackie, and uh, I'm trying to remember other ones that like won comedy awards but were dramas. Um, but I, I like being able to switch back and forth. Um, like I would never consider my piece a comedy. Um, it's there's, there's moments like there's sight gags and, uh, like funny dialogues, things like that. Uh, but I, I want to convey other feelings in a film. So like, there i yeah like i said i hate the term dramedy but that 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 (laughs) is the closest thing that i could possibly think of um uh so there's a lot of abstract emotion in my pieces okay yeah it's a sad yeah, I mean, yeah, dramedy. Like anytime you put two words together, it, it like that. It does seem funky and forced, and and yeah, and like. But I, but I do understand what you're saying there because, uh, I mean, because I think a lot of times a drama does have that a humor to it too. Because like, if you were really going hard with the humor or that the drama, I mean, like, that it's just going to be, you yeah, get, you get a little bogged down by that, and you know. I mean, because even a movie like uh, like What Dreams May Come, as as serious as that movie is, and as heartbreaking as that movie is, there's oh, a lot of there's a lot of moments of like 
And I think some of it's helped along with the fact that Robin Williams plays the lead because he knows what funny is and how to find it. But like, uh, in rest in peace, still, uh, sir, Robin Williams, that's for sure. Uh, but, uh, but even that movie had its, its levity in it. And yeah. So, I mean, because otherwise, Jesus, I mean, it, but I mean, it's like, so, so I mean, it sounds like too, like if, correct me if I'm wrong here, like you got your comedy, which you, you do on stage and then you have jokes in the movies, but when they're appropriate to the moment that the characters are going through. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So like, it's almost like it's two different venues for you to be. You know, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And in the circle back, you were saying like the comedy is the, the comedy, but then also the movies help you process sometimes what real life is doing. Yeah. Like I said before, it, it, it's about adding colors to my palette, uh, being able to express myself in, in different ways and to move in that world differently. Um, it, it would like, it's when you see a painter pick up some charcoal and do an incredible thing and it's like, oh, that's the first time I ever used it. Like, it, <laughs> it, it's like his repertoire just expanded because he picked up a new toy. Right. And yeah, that that's one of the things that I'm always trying to do is trying to like discover more of myself and, and more ways to express myself. And, and I, I wish more people did that. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I definitely wish more people would would tap into like the, how to, that self expression and uh, and and find those creative outlets because I think it's so easy to just take something down, but to keep building and 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 you know and creating, I think that that's that's such an important piece that so many people don't want to do for whatever reason. I think a lot of people just don't feel like they they have it in them. Well, but, and it, it's hard in, in our society to express emotion. Well, we, absolutely. <laughs> it, we are built in a culture where it's like, like going to school, like going to the factory and doing all that stuff. And like much of what we're feeling when we're at work, because we can't express ourselves fully because we have to watch what we say. We have to watch what we do. Um, and I, I wish more people would find the creativeness to, 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 to reach beyond what they're doing and create something. Um, I, I think the world would be a better place. I think we'd also get a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like... But with that, like, you, sometimes flowers grow best with the stinkiest manure. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Like, I, I know I'm very inspired by uh, exploitation films. Um, so, like, the really bad 70s, 80s, and 60s, like, cheap budget motorcycle films and black exploitation like foxy <laughs> brown uh i i love those films but and and like stylistically i find them so beautiful and so simple um but like content 
is lacking at times. <laughs> um, but that that's half the fun of those films. And, and like, they're shit, but that shit is expi- is inspiring me to create art on myself or or for myself and and using that style and that influence to hopefully make something better that's awesome yeah that's that, that's awesome and you brought up some of my favorite movies there too by the way <laughs> it's like it's like i got into those movies sometime around the time we met i would say and then i so it started with shaft and then it went to like to yeah foxy brown and uh I made the mistake of seeing Shaft in Africa, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, but because uh, like the first Shaft at least worked, but uh, yeah, but the rest of it, and then there's a, there's a few other ones like that. Is it is it Blackula and yeah, uh, um, the Mac, uh, which, which is more Richard Pryor being Richard Richard Pryor, but uh, uh yeah, coffee, coffee, yeah, that's another Pam Greer movie, yeah. I, I actually just ordered a t-shirt of coffee. Nice. Uh, yeah. I I was like, that's in a fat guy size. I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's that's and that was like in you know, I don't know where you land on Tarantino, and I think that's a whole other podcast, but um that was one of the more beautiful things about Jackie Brown is that he was paying homage to those types of films, but with but at the same time making its own thing. I mean, it wasn't that, yeah. that was based on a no more Leonard novel, but uh, but still made it his own movie, you know. But Pam Greer, there's Pam Greer in it, yeah. Uh, so it's and even went so far as to calling it Jackie Brown after Foxy Brown. So and I, it's, I like Tarantino, uh, and I know that's very device divisive to say at times, uh, but like. I don't know him as a person, but I love his output. Like yeah. I, I, I love what he makes. Um, I, what was the, uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood was a right. beautifully done film. Um, I still need to see that actually. So it, it kind of falls off the rails towards the end. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it was beautifully shot. Um, uh, did you ever see Hateful Eight? I haven't seen that one yet either. Uh, oh, that, that is definitely the better one to watch between the two. Right. Um, it it's an homage to westerns, um, and, and yeah, it's it's an incredibly well done film. Uh, like, it, and that's the thing, like. Where in society do we draw the line between the art and the artist? Because, um, I mean, it, it's the same thing with like Roman Polanski, where he has done incredible films, incredible, but he's still a child diddler. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where, where, where do we draw that line and, and separate? Because uh, I mean, going in with like music and stuff like that, there's a lot of bad people in music that produce really good stuff. Um, it, like I, I mean, uh, 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 
Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, like, uh, Great Balls of Fire is a phenomenal song. And, and for the time that it came out, it was groundbreaking. But he also married his cousin, yeah. who was 14. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, yeah, my wife and I were just talking about him specifically. I think we've been playing all these, po- po- you know, playlists, uh, you know, the streaming services show, like, set up for you. And, and like, and that song came on and it was like, hey, great song, but. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about this very thing. And, yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I have that discussion in my own head all the time about the art versus the artist. And is there a way to separate? And I feel like it depends on sometimes for me anyway, on what the artist does or says outside of that art. Yeah. Uh, that, and sometimes within the art too. Uh, but uh, I mean, Kanye West is one of those divisive people too. That like, um, but some people are saying he well he's better now because like he said he watched twenty twenty one Jump Street and Jonah Hill made him love Jewish people again. I'm like what? That, 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 that makes no fucking sense to me. Um, I, uh, yeah. I don't even know. Uh, but, but for me, there's a whole laundry list of things that like I've got checked off from different boxes of why I'm not really fucking with his music anymore. But but, but yeah, like the artist versus the artist, or where do you separate that? Like it becomes cloudy sometimes, but at the same time, you know, I think an artist being dead sometimes helps. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> because they're not being a dickhole anymore. <laughs> so see, and, and that's well, and that that that's fascinating in itself because it, that's the same like that's the opposite argument of like why uh people will rally and say that the forefathers of the country are like terrible people but it's like look what they they started like and and, like i'm not going on the conservative rant don't worry (laughs) (laughs) uh but like yes they were a-holes they owned people but it got better like like it not good like like let let me be clear with that like but they were trying and 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 we should give them credit for trying what they did do and i you know like it's that same argument of where like where where should we listen to this you know right so if that made sense, I think so. I think so because like it's 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 forever the question was like you know they and I you know I go back and forth especially with like the when you're looking at you're looking at the past with today's lenses kind of thing and then uh, and there's the certain there's the certain things that do apply and I'm sure and uh, and there's certain things that are like you know well we can't really make that judgment because we're not living two thousand years ago. Like there's yeah. certain there's certain shit we know now that we didn't know then. Yeah. Um I mean I'm and I'm not definitely not, and I know that my listeners know that I'm not condoning owning another person as something that we 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 didn't know that we shouldn't do back then because I'm pretty sure we knew that back then too. But well, uh but here yeah. let let me take it to a a more modern thing. Uh Obama and Biden were against uh, gay marriage for right. a while 
and we we forget about that um but that was their position openly that it was between a man and a woman um <laughs> and like where where do we draw the line because there was a lot of things that obama did in his presidency that uh i disagreed with um and once again not getting into conservative rant uh <laughs> like, like i am not a conservative um i but like the bombing of u.s citizens in foreign countries that kind of got under my skin uh and, i can see why yeah <laughs> yeah like like that's that that's a 17 year old boy he killed um which and, and the the phrasing that his press secretary said of oh he should have had a better father was that 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 was the end of it um and uh but like where where do we judge him on the merits that he did do compared to those things right you know and that's the that's the thing is like you gotta it's all balance it's all like you put it all in the scales and and then you make your decisions on what i feel like that's that's the ideal way to go about it like you you do the the pluses and minuses or the pros and cons like like how they used to have you do like when you're writing a persuasive piece in in school yeah you do the pros and cons and then you just you land where you land because that's that's what you you know or what you've come to believe and yeah like i definitely yeah i i understand that you're you are not a conservative because you and i have talked like uh, i remember that one of the shows when i was on on the beyond the under quarantine show you and i talked after the show about what one of the, some of the someone was making comments in the comment section, you know, because they're always a live show, yeah, uh, and about you know the dude in the military that was wearing you know the the, the was it the dog, yeah, the dog the, mask, the dog masks and the leather and stuff like that. And there's a dude that commented, like, you know, imagine that, you know, I can't imagine someone like that defending our company, our country. And you actually commented live saying, Well, you can't, you don't have to imagine that it happened. Yeah, <laughs> so, so there it is. He he defended your country, and uh, and I thought I thought that was brilliant. That way, you just totally jumped on that and like said that. And we talked about it at length afterwards. You know about like how do you weigh that out? Like you know sometimes that shit happens where people will say stuff like that, or people will you know. But that doesn't mean that that listener wasn't um, or that viewer or that that like that commenter wasn't you know, a good person. It's just that that's, yeah. that was just something that like they, he didn't really totally think about that before typing it. I'm sure. Cause like this guy's a vet you're talking about. So he has served your country, sir. Uh, so it's, uh, but uh, I think that's what it comes down to is that people just want to, they want what they want. And sometimes a thought or a thing gets rattled in there. And then they, yeah, they have to think about it differently. It- the problem, like, I also don't consider myself progressive either. Like, I'm not, I, I'm in this nebulous zone, some <laughs> floating around somewhere where, like, I, I see the same rhetoric on both sides. And I'm like, you're, you, you guys, like, stop. Like, we should come up with, like, a guideline of let's not be dicks to each other. Right. 
like what let's what let's remember what like Jesus said, you know, don't be a dick. <laughs> hey, what it boils down to, that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. Yeah. I remember and, yeah, that was just a, yeah, that's the thing. It's just a, yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That that the world would be so much like uh I I had to take a uh uh gender sexuality in and race in media course and i i'm not i come from the 90s where i listened to bands like no effects where it the the idea of post-racial comes up where it's like we make fun of everybody equally um and and that's how we prove equality <laughs> is that like everyone gets shit on equally we're not going to tiptoe around you because you're irish um or or what have you um and and that's how i grew up and that's kind of how i am and with the modern lens of like equality or equity it, it it's weird for me. So like I hadn't like an issue where I was like, I don't know what to say because I don't want to set, come across as offensive. And like, I talked to my professor about this and, um, and, and she's like, you're fine. And I was like, the way that like I'm going across the, this class is don't be addicted to people. That that's how I'm framing everything. That's how I can understand it. And uh, that that should be like everyday's life is don't be a dick. Absolutely, yeah. Because that's I think people are so quick to wanting to be a dick for whatever reason too. Like I just I don't know. I, maybe it goes back to George Carlin's idea that everybody's in a prick fight, and um, it's like because I just I remember that that show too. Is like I I said something you know when I said something when when the show was live. And someone started saying something about, like, yeah, but this, this, and this. And then Hickory had to jump in saying, like, okay, listen, there's something you need to understand about Matt. And so you need, yeah. and he explained, like, how really, like, if it doesn't matter if you got an R next to your name or a D next to your name, chances are I'm going to come up with my own thoughts. I'm just saying something specific to, to the the commenting being made in that particular moment of the of what we were discussing on the show, I was like, okay, I'm commenting to that that moment, that that event, which has nothing to do with everything else. Everything else, it just has something to do with that. Yeah. And just because I said this doesn't mean that I believe that. So like it's and it, so it, 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 I think everybody like is looking for a gotcha moment too. I think and it's. I think that's part of being a dick is that you're looking to get the other guy. And then one of those moments where you're like, ah, gotcha. And I go, no, stop. <laughs> I, I hate the, uh, the idea that like people will, uh, try to like, uh, force you into a corner because you believe one certain way. Right. Uh, like it, it's, I, I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment, and I think that we should be able to arm ourselves. But I think that there's also personal responsibility that 
comes along with that that you need to take care of your shit like you you need to make sure that your son who is mentally ill can't grab those weapons and shoot up a fucking school right like like they're that's the problem that we have in this country is like this entitlement issue where we want and want and want but we're not willing to take responsibility for ourselves. Right. And, and, and that, and, and that comes with things on both sides where uh, if you look at like the right and, and everything with like the drag bands and stuff like that is they want this and they, they want to get rid of this. They want to make sure that like the kids aren't being groomed which is fine if you're properly putting it in places where that context happens. Right. Uh, um, church. church. <laughs> it, well, and <laughs> so it's, if we're being honest there. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, like, and, and look at like uh, youth clubs and youth programs and the people who run those. Cause chances are there's a a, a a percentage that those people are um diddlers you know <laughs> like like we don't talk about the youth groups that get fingered you know <laughs> like uh so it, like they want this but they don't want the responsibility of cleaning up at everything else where kids are getting groomed and, and that that is where I draw the line and I, I I think it's absolutely ridiculous of they're doing it for their own morality sake and instead of the actual sake of saving children right that's a, that's where I that's where I follow I think and it's probably not a surprise to you to hear me say that so it's a, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's like I think I've been. Mean, I think that there's a lot of, at least the the loudness that you see on, on. And I hate to use the term both sides because they're really. I don't know if there are sides on this so per se. Other than like it just, it's just different, different sayings and maybe I don't know what the word would be. But um, I know that we always talk about we we don't always talk about it, but we bring up the idea of cancel culture a lot. And obviously, like both sides are very. And yeah. that's, that's the go-to term. Very, very guilty of of whatever the hell cancel culture really is. Because I mean, what else are you calling? Like you know, burning your Kaepernick jerseys, or or uh, oh yeah, uh, or calling for a ban. I forgot what was the newest ban that everybody was asking for. Like uh, after oh, like how did I forget this? The Bud Light stuff. Like yeah, Jesus it, Christ, Target no. and Target and yeah, Target. Like are you fucking kidding me? Like it, like so. I feel like there's a lot of projection going on and I'm not a psychologist, uh, but I know I'm using that word project like projected well, and I'm not using it correctly. Cause like, there's like, there's a lot of people projecting what they, they, they think is happening or what they may be doing themselves onto other people. And like, and for me, like if there's no learning to be had, if someone says something really, or does something really stupid and there's no learning to be had. Yeah. Cancel that motherfucker. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, but I mean, if, I mean, if Kanye continues to be Kanye, cancel the motherfucker. Um, so 
but if he comes back around and you know becomes a little more of a a positive community member then sure i mean that's like and and by cancel i mean just like let's not buy his music anymore let's not stream yeah. him anymore i don't mean like he we should send him off to fucking jail forever or solitary confinement i just mean like let's not give him the light let's not give him the microphone let's not send him to every fucking interview we can possibly send him to um, to say more ridiculous shit about Jewish people. <laughs> that's yeah. that's really stop well, giving that hate a fucking microphone. Well, the problem is, it is we all love cancel culture mm-hmm. and, and the idea of being able to silence somebody. Yeah, Media now wants will see that and go, oh, they want this person quiet. So I'm going to amplify their voice and to really give them something to hate. It's the same reaction to Facebook when somebody, when your drunk uncle posts the, the Patriot flag, I stand for the boys in blue or whatever crap. Um, and, And like that will get pushed to the, the left leaning aunt who is a supporter of everything in BLM <laughs> and she gets pissed because she sees the back, the blue flag and, and it's specifically designed to piss you off. Right. Like, it's... like that, that's the whole point. And, and it's, we, we need to get to a point where we're looking beyond what's pissing us off and what's actually happening. Like, I mean, there's a, like the United States right now, is supporting Saudi Arabia bombing and blockading Yemen and thousands of people are dying right now, but we don't hear about that. Right. Uh, Cause that is too important for us to know about. <laughs> like it, 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 it's, it's easier to put someone like Kanye West and give him a microphone and to have people shout, let's cancel them, than to, for us to fully understand why we're supporting an illegal war in right. the Middle East. So right. yeah, that's yeah, and then, and I think it's like to 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 bring us all sorts of full circles. I think there's a few circles going on here, but like, like, <laughs> I, I, I think that's you're we're kind of cut we're, we're coming onto why we why we want to laugh and why we want to make art too because. I mean, this. I mean, for one, it's comment on what's going on around us, and two, like it, it, like, like we keep coming back to it's so easy to to tear something down, but it's just as easy to really work on pulling, you know, pulling things together and building things up. Yeah. So, so like it's, and it's, and it, and, it, and I, it's a toot my own horn for a second. That's exactly why I started this this podcast is to, is like it's a celebration and conversation about all things creative because we need to, to come together as a creative community just to keep, keep creating. That's for lack of better words. Let's keep creating yeah. whether, whether it be poetry, whether it be music, whether it be film, whether it be comedy, uh, whether actually like, you know, the big, big shout out to, to my mentor, Ben for being like, you know, for bringing critical media, media literacy into the picture. Um, on the episode he was on, which uh, although it was like, and he was 
joking about not being it not being creative, but you kind of have to be creative at how you teach people how to yeah. be critical of the media. And so, and yeah, and and you you touched upon that with the idea that we're never hearing about this illegal war that's happening with Saudi Arabia Arabia bombing the hell out of Yemen. Uh, I mean, it's and part of it is because like we're ingrained in this country not to give a shit about brown people. Yeah. Um, and if that was happening in the Ukraine, oh shit, it is happening. Never mind. We're seeing that all the time. <laughs> so, like we're hearing about the Ukraine every fucking day. Because um, and and it's nothing. I'm not slighting any. I mean, people are in harm's way, so I'm not trying to make light of that. But but yeah, I mean, we're going to hear about the Europeans because they look like they look like people that we have typically given a shit about in this country. Um, I. I disagree with you on on one small point. We're only caring a, a shit about Ukraine is because we're trying to make Russia a new boogeyman. Yeah. Uh, it, if it was any other country, like, or even when uh, uh, they annexed uh, Crimea, no one gave a shit. Right. But now we need a new enemy, <laughs> and, which is and, which is odd because we've never I've never really think thought we liked Putin in the first place. But uh, but they're but they're really crack, cranking that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we we have a weird relation. Like it, it, it was like all this like it it reminded me so much of 1984, where it was like oh no, these people are the enemy now. Right. They've always been the enemy. And like you see that with this particular thing, we're like, well, with the Red Scare in the nineteen fifties and and we we've always been the enemy, even when the wall fell. <laughs> it's like right. bro. Right. We didn't give a shit about what they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just I mean I think in some I see what you're saying there too. Like I and I think yeah, we definitely want a new boogeyman there. And I think it was a lot easier to do because, like, in this case, because, yeah, that we had the history. And then also, like, the the idea that, that, that well, well, wait a minute, you know, as we're trying, we're still trying to sell this idea that, like, you know, I mean, everybody knows the Middle East can be a mess at any given time anyway. Oh, yeah. So, but, uh, but at the same time, like, I think we are trying to sell the European angle. Um, but it's a, but because it, there's a lot of kicking and flailing going on about like I, I don't know it's like it's and I'm I, I hate to bring it to this type of thought but it but it it, it I, history keeps repeating itself but there's like but it, there's there's this angle that is happening because like there's a whole lot of kicking and flailing going on and people who are not comfortable with people who look like you or I yeah. um, and so it's much easier to like to, I guess that's what I was trying to say is it's much easier to to say like we need to protect those people because they look like us but uh but uh, and then there's a lot of people who don't believe that anything should be even touched in the middle east which is like let them bomb them themselves and blah 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 and there's a whole lot of reasons for that that i don't that i don't even know but then there are a lot of reasons that we've touched upon a little bit too but but then coming back to that idea that like there are here we are two two different places in the world and there are there are two or four different countries lots of people dying 
and lots of people not given that chance to like to, to enjoy this thing that we for all i know only get a chance to do once yeah uh, so it's like i don't know what i mean i you know i've been through some shit but i don't know what it's like to be in constant fear of of a mortar blast you know like this taking my whole day out you know yeah so so it's like it's and that's something that people like kind of Yemen are learning. That's something the people of, of Syria have learned. Um, and I, I and Palestine. Uh, I mean, and and and, and actually it's crazy to me because like when I think about it too, like there's a lot of art coming out of those places too. Like there are Palestinian rappers going like going off, like as we speak, I'm sure. And that amazes me that there actually is art coming out of those places. I mean, if they're finding, finding a way, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it reminds me of that movie, The Pianist, where the guy like Adrian Brody played him. He's just finding a piano everywhere he goes, basically. Yeah. And because, like, I think the, uh, I'm not saying art's going to save the world, but it's going to help. So it's, and people need to, I think, embrace that. Well, and it, art will, let people release emotion and teach and, and show you things that clinical writing won't. Absolutely. So it, that's it, and art is rebellion. Like that's it, it. So like, what do you do when like you want to protest, you draw a sign, uh, and or or print out pictures you know you make things like art absolutely art can't stop a bullet but goddamn it'll give it a shot right i mean that's the thing too is if someone's just like just holding a sign which is like you said it's it is rebellion still and then someone shoots them or does something violent to them in any way it it brings that point to a clearer, louder point is that like this first person was just protesting the very violence that was acted against them. And, uh, and it's uh, so like, it, I, I would like to think that like, it was the idea that Martin Luther King rolled with where we're like, okay, we're going to be here peacefully and we're not going to do any painting of these people as bad people. They're going to show you their colors somehow, some yeah. way. And uh, yeah, so it's like, and then you, you got onto that idea that like, and I love this quote, it's from Ralph Ellison, where he said, uh, I recognize no dichotomy between art and, and, uh, and protest. And I love that fucking quote, because I think like you, you said it right there, art is rebellion. I mean, art is supposed to shake up the, com- the, the status quo, the common ground, right? Like you're supposed to make, supposed to make people uncomfortable in the right kind of ways. Yeah. And it's yeah. a, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, new new thinking, new thoughts, and new actions from there. Right? Uh, we got very serious there for a second, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. well, I don't get to be serious very often. That that's the thing. Like, yeah. it, it, it's hard in like, everyone assumes that I'm always funny. <laughs> I'm like, there's serious shit that goes on, guys. Right. Well, you had to you had to go and be a comedian and everything. Yeah. Why aren't you always funny, funny man? Make me uh, laugh, mother yeah. boy. All right, dance. 
I got yeah. my organ. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me of that part in Goodfellas. Like, what do you mean I'm funny? Like a clown funny? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, man. Like that's just it. Like it's good, and that's. I mean, I'm and I'm you know, and you've heard you've heard other episodes of this this thing. Uh, and them in the corner is about that. It's about if we, if we need to get serious, we get serious. And if we need to laugh, we need to laugh. And uh, but it's, I'm here for it all because that's the idea. And it's uh, and I think that you are contributing quite well to the corner community. So thank you very much for that, Gunsir. No problem. I uh, I I like talking philosophy um, <laughs> and, and like spreading ideas and. That's something that I don't get to do enough of. Um, so this is great. I uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to give you that space. Uh, thank thank you for your indulging the space because like it's like because like, like you've heard the episodes, you know that I like to get into that if I can. And then uh, the conversations that I've had so far on the show have been that that mix of like asking questions of what the art you is you do and then why, but also like who are you. You know, kind of thing. I got lucky at, time, at times because, like, I when it comes to people like you, like I do know you, and, yeah. and so I, 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 there's, but there's some things I don't know about, like you know, like the influences that got you where you're going as far as artistic like output goes and and things like that. So, um, you know, my only regret is that we couldn't have made this happen sooner because I just got so wrapped up with every fucking thing that happens Dude. in life. <laughs> yeah, I. It's partially my fault too, because uh, I've could have reached out sooner um, to do it. Um, it. But I get I get waylaid so easily. <laughs> with- well, I, yeah, I hear you. I do. I do so easily too. Like I, yeah, it's it's ridiculous how many different paths and rabbit holes I've got fucking open. <laughs> oh god. I mean, I'm much better now than I was like 10 years ago because 10 years ago, I'd like wake up at two in the morning and have the craziest trains of thought that would have all sorts of my books open. Like, and like, well, I thought about this and this and this, and then eventually I'd fall asleep in a pile of books. It looked like beautiful mind without the beautiful. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, I mean, not that I'm good at math. Don't any, nobody should, no, I'm not that good at math. Because uh, I know that that movie is more about a mathematician, and like that. so maybe that was a bad reference. But but I, yeah. I understand the picture. Like yeah. I, I I was just looking at my I I just bought I I went on a um, a spree and bought a bunch of film theory books because um, I'm going to read those and you know try to hone the craft once again, burying sure. myself into something that I love. There we go. <laughs> and yeah right as you were talking about it i was like i completely understand that oh, that's awesome i'm glad that there's another nutter just like me <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, i've been this conversation has been so awesome when I, I when i'm looking at my clock because i'm pretty sure this shit kicks me off in less than five minutes now okay um because like because that's the rules of, of of anchor and i'm not saying anything bad about you anchor you've been awesome to me and your your tech support, your people there have been awesome. So if anybody at Anchor is listening to this shit, thank you very much. That was kind of an ad for Anchor, but that but they they don't even pay me. But it's what it's whatever. Yeah. It's cool. I'm doing this. I'm doing this for free. It's cool. Thank you, Anchor. Um, but 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 anyway, we got less than five minutes. Um, is there is there anything any any uh, you know moments of Zen closing thoughts? 
where to find you that we can uh, that we can uh, uh, do for our listeners? Uh, so YouTube, you can find me at GW Foley. Uh, you'll see a smattering of films. Um, if you want to see my artwork, you can go to foleykills.com. Uh, that's my website. Um, it, yeah, it, find me on Twitter, Foley Kills, or Instagram, Foley Kills. See pictures of my dog. Hey, your dog <laughs> is fantastic too. Like, what's your dog's name again? Murphy. Murphy. Like, shout out to Murphy. I love, I love seeing those pictures and videos of Murphy. Yeah, yeah he, he's my little seven pound of joy. <laughs> that's awesome, and he's he's a wiener dog. Yep, that's awesome. So, yeah, definitely, audience, check check out Foley's socials and check out uh, GW's uh, uh, artwork and everything. I'm telling you, like, if you laughed through this episode, you're going to laugh at the stuff you you hear and see when you find the comedy stuff. Anyway, don't laugh at the serious stuff. That's rude. <laughs> uh, well, but I, I mean, if that's how you feel, right, I'm not yes. going to deny your feelings. All right. Well, he's like apparently, dear audience. Uh, that GW is okay if you laugh at him um, when he's not trying to be funny. So, <laughs> but don't make him cry, guys. Come on, like I mean, be be nice. You guys know I'm not an asshole. He's not an asshole. Like let's just let's just play like we're not all assholes. Like that seems pretty easy to do. I mean, like Jesus said, "Don't be a dick." To quote you from earlier. Um, <laughs> Uh, so so yeah this is this has been fun i mean i definitely like there's always there's always that idea that uh we should do this again because i am always open to have uh guests come on again in fact if if listeners keep listening they they will see a, a repeat guest pretty soon um or here because there's no c uh but anyway uh, uh before before we sign off another last question i try to remember and i got it this time um, who do you think I should try to, to knock on the door to have on the corner? Um, ooh. Uh, most deaf. Or what's he going by now? Oh, Yasin Bey. Yeah. I will try really hard. I mean, I have some hip-hop people out there that might help me out, so I'll try really hard to get him on. That'd be would, dope shit. I would lose my fucking mind if he came on. I can tell you that right now. If you think I'm a dork now. <laughs> just wait till you hear the Yasin Bey episode. So, um, I'm manifesting this. Okay, Yasin Bay. If somehow you listen to this, get on the fucking corner, man. <laughs> so, I think you'd be great here. Uh, I thank you for that vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before this thing kicks us off in about a minute and ten seconds, uh, any last words? Uh, I ain't got shit. All right. Fair enough. All right. GW Foley, thank you very much for coming on the corner and thank you for sticking around in my life in some way and film and for the last twenty something years. Thanks, you are man. you've always been a joy, man. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to the episode that you just listened to. And tuning into the corner means a lot to me. I'm having a good time having these conversations and I'm having a, a good time sharing these conversations with with all of you. And speaking of sharing, you know, you can share your feedback and your thoughts about this very podcast with me. Let me tell you how. All right, first of all, if you're listening to it on Apple, you can leave me a, a review, a starred review, please, five stars. And, uh, you know, send me a little message along with that review. 
Um, that helps the algorithm. That helps other people hear it that might be interested in hearing um, some of the subjects and guests that I have on. Uh, that would be cool to to boost that little uh, that little thing going there. Because um, I, obviously I don't put a whole, whole lot of money, if meaning no money, into advertising. So word of mouth is how I do. All right, so there's that. Also, you can email me at m, as in Matt, mjw511 at yahoo.com, mjw511 at yahoo.com. Send me an email. Tell me what you think. Um, you, you can also you know, go on to Facebook if that's the thing you do. Matthew Wood Poet, look that up and you'll find me, my silly mug, trying to sell poetry, trying to do poetics, and also promoting this year's podcast that you're listening to right now. Um, yeah, leave me a message there. Or you can go right through um, right through the the services themselves, right onto the episode. It'll, you'll see a question that says, what did you think of this episode? Or you could actually just type a message, send me a, send me a, a little feedback there. Um, and then also you can leave me a voice message. If you go to the episode description, you'll see a link, click on that link that says, leave a voice message, record, send it along, and I'll be happy to hear what you think. Also in all that feedback and, and messaging you can do for me, tell me if you are someone who would like to talk to me on the corner, or if you know someone who would like to talk on the corner, that would be awesome. So yeah, send me potential guest ideas or, or topics and then, That'd be awesome, too. So all things said, just, uh, yeah, get back to me. I would like to hear from you. Thank you very much for listening.